Well, for the past little while, we've been going through the book of Ephesians, and I, I really have been enjoying the messages that are coming from the pulpit, and I really enjoyed Pastor Oral's word on Psalm 23 from last week. And the week prior to that, Pastor Michella was speaking from Ephesians 6 about the armor of God. And can I encourage everyone today, if you've not had a chance to listen uh, to those words Can I encourage you, get on YouTube, watch that, share it with somebody because there's some truths and there's anointing in those words that you need to hear to set you free and move you forward in Jesus' name. Amen. But today, uh, fortunate for us, I'm going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 5 and and I just know that the Lord wants to touch us and reveal something to us that is of great benefit in Jesus' name. You probably noticed that when you gave your life to Christ, there is, there's been a change and there's been things that have happened in your life. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the... Oh, I'm glad that two people know that. Okay, that's good. We're getting somewhere. The steps of a good man are ordered by the... Great. Not by TikTok. Come on. Not by social media, not by popular opinion. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And I just know that when we give our life to Christ, there is a progression that happens. There is revelation that comes into your life. There is conviction that comes into your life. You begin to discover the goodness and the grace of God. And out of that discovery of the goodness and the grace of God, there is an outward um, manifestation of the understanding of revelation of what Christ has done for you. And I want to encourage everybody in the room today and online, be people who are committed to discovering new revelation of the grace of God. Come on, can I hear an amen today? Be committed to hearing the conviction of God and doing something about the conviction of God and moving forward in the plans and purposes that He has for you in Jesus' name. Because we know that God has got good things in store for us. Come on, someone say good. God has got good things in store for you that are not just for you, but also for your children and your children's children. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person that sees generational blessing in the hand and the favor of God, not just upon my wife and myself, but on our babies and on our grandbabies. Can I hear an amen today? We serve a God who's a multi-generational God. Come on. We serve a God who cares about the future generations, who cares about our young ones. And so can I encourage us today that everything we do in this life, every choice that we make, note that it's not just affecting you, but it's affecting our babies in the name of Jesus. And that's why we've got to be so committed to hearing the voice of God and getting revelation from God and spending time with God with the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Because as we do that and as we do, that's when the blessing comes in Jesus' name. Ephesians 4 was talking about righteous living. But in Ephesians 5, we see the great Apostle Paul continue around this theme. But give us some specifics in order so we can live a life that is righteous and right standing before God. With a continual revelation of Christ, our aim is to be more like Him. Come on, can I hear an amen today? Our aim as Christians, as people who follow Jesus is to be more like God, is to be more like Him. I don't want to be more like what I used to be. I want to be more like God. Come on, can I hear an amen today? And so with that, we've got to learn to imitate God, imitate Christ. And today's message, I'm just so thrilled to be sharing it with you today. The title is called Be Imitators of God. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, Be Imitators of God. 
Come on, if we want to be people that we want to be like God, we've got to learn to imitate. And I was just, uh, I was just thinking about just during the week as I was preparing the word, how um, in our family we were driving uh, as a family. And, you know, generally when people, uh, when I'm driving my car, my wife has made it very clear to me that I need to be very careful what I say because our babies are listening. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about today? So we're driving in the car and, you know, just me being the very gracious person that I am, I'm in the car and we're coming to a roundabout and there was this particular car who was stopped at the roundabout and it wasn't moving even though there was plenty of opportunity to go through the roundabout. And I remember ages ago I made a comment. I said, ah, these guys, mate, they must be sleeping. Anyway, so we're, we're driving along. And I hadn't said anything for a couple of weeks. And my daughter, Alicia, out of the blue, without saying anything, me making any comments to anything, she goes, ah, oh, Daddy, these guys are just having a nap. They must be sleeping. Now, men, we've all been there. You know when your wife looks at you without even saying it. This is, this is, this is, I'm driving the car being a good citizen, watching the road, and I just feel... It's like Diana's eyeballs were like burning into my skull. At that point, I received the gift of prophecy. I knew what she was going to say. <laughs> Honey, watch what you say because our kids are listening. Come on now. Watch what you say. Our children are listening. And it's funny because, and then Diane's like, Honey, notice even the tone. Even the way you move your lips, man, it just sounds like you. Hey, you know what it is? We're going to be learning to be imitators of God. Come on. I want to ask you today, what, are the th- what in your life are you imitating? Come on. What in your life are you imitating? Come on. Are we imitating what we see on social media? Are we imitating what celebrities are doing? Are we imitating people who do not love Jesus, maybe? Or are we want to be people that imitate God? And so the question is this morning, how do we be imitators of God? Well, in fact, I'm glad we're talking about it, so let's have a quick look. Ephesians chapter 5, let's pick it up from verse 1. Here we go. Therefore, be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and sacrifice. To God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Paul starts off by this chapter by reminding us the foundation of which righteous living is based upon. You've got to think for a moment. If we want to be imitators of Christ, there needs to be a foundation. Just like when, you, when, when, when builders are building a house or building a building, you dare don't put a building just on soil because if you do that, without a foundation, the building will sink. Come on, the building will start to crack. The building will have structural issues. And so you need to have a strong foundation on which to build upon because when there's something strong that's built upon, the building will last. And so it is, if we want to be people that imitate Christ, we need to be people that have a foundation of love that's found in Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen today? If we want to be people that imitate Christ, we need to have Christ's love as our foundation. What's, he, what's Paul saying here? What's he actually saying? 
If there's anything you should be aiming to be like, if there is anyone who has it all together, who is the picture of perfection, it is God. That's what he's saying. Now you know that that standard, who knows that standard can be a bit of a challenge. Come on. Yeah, you know why? Because God is God and we are not. Our humanity doesn't have the ability to be perfect. It doesn't. Does that mean that we stop and pull the handbrake? No. And so further down, the Apostle Paul begins to explain how we become imitators of God. The next sentence, Paul gives us a glimpse of what love actually is. Because in a world, in a society where love is self-seeking, is self-satisfying, is about how it can benefit me, Paul shows, shows us what real love is. Now, he tells us that real love is not based on self, sacrifice, but rather is a sacrifice that is not about self or benefits, but rather is more concerned about the well-being and the blessing of someone else, regardless of whether there is a reward reaped in this lifetime or not. Come on. Some people do things in order to get you, I do this for you. But I know, if I do this for you, I'm expecting. But that's not real love. That's not real love. Real love is giving and being a blessing and, and doing something for, for someone else, even though they cannot repay it. With no expectation of a reciprocation. No expectation. So how do we become imitators of God? We love others the way God loves us. Come on now. If we learn to practice this in our families and in our workplaces, in our educations and social areas, how different would our society be? You know, what changes people is when we love the way Christ loves. When we do it, what does it do? It breaks down the walls. Come on, who knows what I'm saying today? It breaks down the walls. It breaks down the barriers. Why? Because loving people the way God loves them, loves us is a higher standard of living. If you're a person today and you've got people in your life that you're trying to win over to Jesus, can I encourage you to start off with this? Start loving people. Come on, start loving people in the workplace. Start being concerned about things that are of a concern to them. Start to appreciate them. Start to love on them. Maybe give them a word of encouragement sometime. And you know what that does to people? That wrecks people. Because in their minds, they can't comprehend, how is it that you are so nice? I don't get it. Are you even normal? Come on. Because society expects, if you do this for me, there must be some sort of, payday coming but that's not how God works and can I encourage everyone in the room today hey let's start to love the way God loves let's start to step out of the boat a little bit how about you know the person the cubicle next to you you know they drink flat white how about you get them a flat white before coming to work and put it on the desk in the morning maybe you've been trying to evangelize them but you know how you're going to open up their heart give them a cup of coffee oh come on let's get practical for a moment Love breaks down barriers because it bypasses this and goes straight to this. You know what changes people? 
not this, this. That's why God was so concerned about the heart. The love of Christ wrecks people. The thing that it shows us is that when we love people the way Christ does, not only are we imitating Christ, but we are also, but it also creates an atmosphere that is sweet and that is pleasing. Why? Because the love of God takes people to a place where they can't physically comprehend how is it that you're so good. Maybe you're in a place of a toxic workplace or in a toxic situation. How about showing the love of Christ? I watch the toxicity vanish in Jesus' name. Could it be today what breaks the barriers, what breaks toxic workplaces and toxic atmospheres is not by just trying to correct people but loving people? Come on now about loving people, about blessing them, about doing something for them, whether you get something or not. Because when you do that, you break down the barriers and it gets people to a place to realize, hey, how is it that you are so good to me? And we know the reason why we can be good to others is because we realize that God has been so good to us. Come on. There are people here today, you know what? You want to know how to love people more? Begin to discover what God has done for you. Begin to take a moment being thankful and bless the name of Jesus in every situation, every circumstance. Take it up to a higher standard of living. Be thankful to God. Bless his name. As you do, you will bless others in Jesus' name. To be imitators of God, the next thing we need to do is we need to exercise self-control. Pastor James, I don't want to hear that. I like doing things the way I want to do things. Well, hang on a second. Hold it. If we want to be imitators of Christ, we need to learn to exercise a little bit of self-control. Ephesians 5 verse 3. Let's have a look. But fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be even named among you as is fitting for saints. So when you give your life to Christ, you're now a saint. Amen. Saint love more. Amen. It sounds very good to me. Why are you guys laughing? It's legit. Saint Royson. As fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking, no coarse jesting, which is not which are not fitting. Come on, it doesn't fit. But rather give thanks. For this you know that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let's understand something, a little bit of context of this, of this couple of verses of Scripture. The Apostle Paul is talking to the, to, to the church in Ephesus. And the church in Ephesus was a bustling, bus, bustling city where there was a lot of foreign trade, there was a lot of money going on, there was a lot of very successful businesses. And most of these businesses were, 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 um, were profiting from practices that were anti-Bible and anti-the Word of God. And so with that, a lot of these people that traded and came in and out of this place brought lifestyles and traditions and decisions that were not fitting. And so the challenge here is that when... If the Ephesian people got saved, they said yes to Jesus, they would bring all of their idols, they would bring all of their practices, they would bring all of their mindsets and decision-making and their businesses. And which is, sounds all well and good, 
But we know that sometimes not everything that we do or consume is conducive for Christian growth. Come on, hear me out today. Not everything we consume or do is conducive for Christian growth. Now, Paul takes it one step further and says, hey, I'm going to show you some practical things. But to be fair, that's probably no much different to society today. You know, we're here in Western Sydney. And, um, and not much has changed. Paul addresses the issues of the day, which included sexual sin and covetousness. You see, covetousness is having a strong desire for something, especially for something that belongs to someone else. You know, it is one thing to admire and, and say, hey, that's amazing, that's fantastic. But it's a whole other thing when if we go from admiring to a place where it causes us to sin, that's where the problem is. Let me give you an example. If I'm a mechanic and I really like the person's car that's coming in for a service and they say to me, hey, I'm looking to move this thing on and I undervalue the vehicle knowing exactly what it's worth, what do you think is happening there? That is not pleasing in the eyes of God. But what about if you're in a workplace and you are, you are wanting to go up a higher level in management and there's someone else that's in that position, you're like, you know, I really want that job. And so you play games or tricks in order to, you know, seduce the hiring managers to move that person on and so you can move up the food chain. Let me tell you, that is not, that's not pleasing in the eyes of God. That is not pleasing in the eyes of God. It's one thing to admire and to be happy for someone, for what they have. But if you find yourself committing sin in order to gain whatever it is that person has, that is not right in the eyes of God and does not bring a blessing. Maybe there are people in today, you're wondering why the blessings of God are not working in your life. You hear about it in church. You see everyone else, they're blessed. But for me, it's not happening. Can maybe I encourage you to look back at maybe some of the practices that you're doing? Come on. Look back and say, Holy Spirit, are there some things in my life that I'm doing that are not that are blessing blockers? Come on. Are there, are there practices in my life that I need to change? And allow the conviction of the Holy Spirit to touch your heart so you can change in Jesus' name. Paul then addresses the heart condition at the same time of the people. He then begins to look at what comes out of the mouth. He said, no filthiness, no foolish talking, no coarse jesting. And the thing is, if I am saved by having faith in Christ, I need to learn to bridle my tongue. Come on. Unpopular, I know. If I'm saved by having faith in Jesus Christ and he's my Lord and Savior, my responsibility now is to bridle my tongue and control it. But where does this all start? Where does this all start? And you might be thinking, wow, this is really difficult. Yes, you're right, it is. It is very difficult. Because everything in our human nature wants to, you know, oh, maybe not you, just me. It's a struggle, it's an arm wrestle. But you know where, you know where bridling the tongue starts and the, out, the stopping outward manifestations? It starts off when we guard our hearts. Come on now. It starts by allowing the right things in and filtering content. Filtering conversations, filtering the places where we are because we know that not everything that we consume is conducive for Christian growth. Come on now. If you're in a place where you feel like you're not growing in God and this is not a condemnation thing, 
this is, this is a loving instruction thing. Maybe look at what's going on. Maybe have time with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do I need to move on some stuff? Is some of the practices I'm doing, do they line up with your word? If they're not, that's okay. I'm moving them on. Amen? Let me ask you, what areas in your life do you need to exercise self-control? Paul is telling the people of the day, hey guys, it is time to filter and exercise self-control and make changes today. The last thing, if we want to be people who are imitators of Christ, we have to make sure that we don't go back to our old lifestyle. Come on, hear me out today. Do not go back to your old lifestyle. Ephesians 5 verse 6, And let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, Paul is just saying, hey, therefore, do not be partakers with them. Don't do it. For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Here we go. Walk as children of light. Come on. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit in all goodness, righteousness and truth, finding out what is acceptable to God, to the Lord. Paul is warning the Christians at Ephesus, do not be fooled. Do not be fooled. Do not be tricked by fancy words that are spun up in order to seduce you back into your old lifestyle and religious practices. This is such a big deal because most practices in that time were attached to finance. Were attached to dollars. God, do everything you want in my life, but just don't touch my back pocket. Some of these things include the selling of idols and temple prostitution. So there was a financial interest there. But in modern day Australia, Let's not be seduced into doing things that we did before we came to Christ. Come on, hear me out this morning. As we journey with Christ, there is a deliverance. There are whole, there's wholeness. There is a greater revelation that happens as a result as we walk with God. Let's not undo those things by doing practices and things and having conversations that put us back into bondage. We read in the word, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And yes, that is so true. But can I tell you this? If you do practices that do not line up with the word of God, that scripture is useless because you'll end up going back into bondage and not free in Jesus' name. Christ has set us free by his blood that was shed on the cross. But you know what? It's now our responsibility. Come on, someone say, my responsibility. Hey, it is my responsibility to to stay free. To stay free. To inherit everything that God has for us. Please note that this freedom and liberty that we experience does not just affect us, but will affect our babies. There is such thing as generational blessing and there is also such thing as generational cursing. Come on. And I don't say that to scare people today. No. I say that to say this. We make choices today to not go back to our old lifestyle before we came back to Christ. 
We don't go back to those old conversations. We don't get to certain places. We don't go do certain things. Why? Because God, we want to move forward in you and we want to see our babies blessed in the name of Jesus. There are people today, you love Jesus. You love him with all of your heart. But there are some things and some practices that just need to go. Come on. There are some things that just need to go. There's filtering that needs to happen in your life. There's filtering on certain content. There's filtering on certain conversations. You cannot want to, you can't move forward in the blessing of God and keep hanging on to rubbish. It just doesn't work that way. But you know the wonderful thing about our God? He sent the Holy Spirit. Why? To help you. To clean you. Come on. To tidy you up. Because He loves you. So how do we become imitators of God? We understand that Christ's love is the foundation of our life. Come on. We exercise self-control. We bridle the tongue. We put filtering in place because certain things we understand are not conducive for Christian growth. And the last thing we do is we don't go back to the old lifestyle because the old lifestyle is like tooth decay. It just rots. 